0: Um, bum, bum, bum. I think we're good to go You guys good to go? Are you ready? Are you, ready? Are you in the zone? I am,
1: I am I the zone.
0: I'm always in the zone No, not really, Paul yeah. Not really mm. doo, 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 doo. One second Oh, so you're not in the zone I thought I was, and then I realized mm. that Oh, I was zone adjacent
2: mm.
0: <laughs> You need to merge Zone get merge <laughs> That's right <laughs> No, we didn't do this last week uh, you know I, when I, I remember when, when we were approaching last week Paul said hey yeah I think we need to have a bye week I think I think we need to not record and I said well why because you know thinking that Paul was gonna go out and do something wonderful and geeky you know I, I'm, I'm gonna go to a comic book sale I'm going to to one of those those great Virginia sidewalk sales I'm I'm gonna go to a con I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go see William Shatner or something but no What did you do, Paul? I I would
2: assume he was going (laughs) to run.
0: Close. Um, I started a fitness challenge at the gym. Uh huh.
1: So last week was the uh, initial.
0: How does that go? How does the fitness challenge go? Does it go pick it up, you pussy? I mean, is that the fitness challenge?
1: <laughs> um, essentially, it, it, it's uh, it's eight weeks of like daily workouts, and um, they give you uh, specific numbers like calories and carbs and proteins that you need to stay within. And um, and it's 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 been it's been tough, but I lost seven pounds this week. So,
0: well, okay, so so you know Paul you are a fellow who really enjoys his his cheeseburgers oh god yeah you are a fellow who really enjoys his pizza mhm but beyond both of those if you were to take your love of both pizza and cheeseburgers and put it together to come up with one quantified number it pales in comparison to the depth of your love for beer
1: true
0: um so how much since you started this a, a week ago yes since you started this a week ago, how much beer, pizza, or cheeseburgers have you had?
1: Um, I've had no beer. <laughs> I have had no cheeseburgers, and I've had a slice of pizza.
0: Oh, Paul, it's terrible. And thus you—I ha- mean, you—you
2: you are on a starvation diet. I might as well. You, you, you yeah. know what this is all about, Eric. He's trying to get in shape for Mancon.
0: That's a well, yeah, it is. He, you know, he, he's he's trying to get all ready for manscapades. <laughs> Manscapa- so uh... <laughs> mans, are, are we going
1: to be manscaping each other? Is that what manscapades is? The manscapades,
0: yes. <laughs> is that
1: where we carve uh, a heart in uh, Wayne's back hair? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: his red back hair. <laughs> God. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, while Paul was doing that, uh, I was off at the Underground Cigar Festival Woodstick 2016, and uh, you know, so Paul was was you know beginning his starvation diet and and grueling fitness challenge while I drank beer and smoked cigars all day. Oh, and and they had all you could eat street tacos and hookers. Well, no hookers, oh. no hookers. Okay, but uh, I will tell you, you know, I was there it was like six hours into it. And they're like, they they had uh, all these kegs, right? Mm-hmm. They floated all of those kegs, and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just want to pause. I was
1: six hours into the cigar fest, cigar and beer fest.
0: <laughs> the minute they ran out of beer, I was out the door.
1: Huh? Well, hmm,
0: not yeah. six hours in one minute. Yeah, six I know hours. it was it was <laughs> it was. We just poured the last bit of beer. Gone. I mean, I, you, I, <laughs> <laughs> you kicked the door open and left. It was like somebody dropped kryptonite in front of Superman. I was out. <laughs> it was gone. So, yeah, but I do have a complaint this morning. All right. I uh, got up this morning and uh, was preparing to make the coffee and the coffee grinder was broken. It would not work. You know, you read about this kind of thing happening to other people, but you never think it will happen to you. So instead of bourbon in my coffee this morning, I'm just having bourbon. So, you're like a goddamn
2: savage. <laughs> you know, there are first world problems, but those pale in comparison to Aaron had problems.
1: <laughs> Aaron's like the 0.5 percenter problems. <laughs> Why do bad things happen to good
0: people? Paul? I that's know. all
1: I ask. There is no God. I think that's what you're saying.
0: Yeah. So, so Paul, <laughs> Yes. You know, you know, I watched I watched uh, you know some YouTube this week, and I couldn't help but notice that you know you, you hit Coles, you hit Walmart on a big. Uh, you know, I keep wanting to call it Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it's actually uh, a Batman versus Superman shopping spree. So, so tell me what you found, Paul.
1: All right. So uh, we've mentioned the YouTube channel before, but it's YouTube.com slash Ideology of Madness. And lately I've been on a Batman versus Superman kick leading up to the movie. I have another video going up. Uh, probably by the time you have listened to this, there will be another video showing Batman vs. Superman from New York City. We've had a couple of viewers send us videos from New York City and Singapore. Um, so you'll be able to see kind of how they promote the movie around the world. But um, I have hit a couple of local stores, and I went to Target yesterday, um, just kind of looking around. And uh, l- let me preface this by saying there's a video on Facebook that's kind of gone viral. And it's about this girl, and she's giving her... I'm assuming her mom's boyfriend or something like that, a birthday gift. And he open and ultimately what, you know, there's stuff in the box and then he gets to the bottom of the box and it's a certificate for adoption. Like she's probably 16 or 15, something like that. And she's basically saying, you know, you've been, you are my dad, you can adopt me and everyone cries. And it's this big emotional video on top of that in the box though, there's a set of Batman versus Superman footy pajamas. And that's kind of where that's that's what I got out of the video was that Batman versus Superman footy pajamas exist in adult sizes. So I happened to be at Target yesterday and I happened to see these Batman versus Superman footy pajamas and they were only twenty five dollars hmm.
0: a steal. I mean, I, they, it's like they're giving them away. Right. Well, you're losing money <laughs> not getting in on that. Exactly. Yeah. So I those to will only them. those will only appreciate in value. Especially if I wear them every night.
2: <laughs> so, Paul, is it a costume or is it – like what do these things look like?
1: So um, – I, and I should clarify. They're not footy pajamas. It's a onesie. Um, they, the, the feet are actually open so you can wear your Batman v Superman socks. Um but it's uh, it's gray pretty much gray from head to toe. It looks like a prison outfit <laughs> with the Batman versus Superman logo on the chest. So it's like a union suit. <laughs> exactly, it's a union suit. I can go uh, throw some garbage around in my Batman versus Superman I, onesie.
2: I have Superman footy pajamas, and they're wonderful. Yeah, it's like I I assume you expected us to make fun of you for this, Paul. But <laughs> I, I we I, I I can't really do that because like guess said, he has them and. I really want them. I want the. I've tried to uh, find the Superman one where it's the costume. Yeah. But they don't seem to make it in 2XL. They only Mine. seem to go up to XL. Uh, mine's a 2XL, and it's got a cape
0: that detaches so you don't have to sleep in your cape if you don't want to. And it's got, you know, removable uh, footy boots.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Uh huh. Why wouldn't you want to sleep in your cape?
0: Well, you know, sometimes you might get bound up. Oh, uh, no. or okay. you might you need to use the cape to tie someone up with
1: <laughs> see they didn't talk about those <laughs> in the incredibles did they
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I love my, uh, my I love my uh Superman pajamas the the problem is is that they're very warm yes. and uh, it's so it's got to be really cold to uh, make it worthwhile because you will you will you know internally combust <laughs> if it's if it's not below you know thirty degrees. Well we are going into
1: the the nice summer months so these are sure to appreciate in value. Absolutely as I, Absolutely. I as I wear them. Um, so I was I mean yeah I saw them and I was like you know I saw them in the video and as soon as I saw them in the video I was like I'm gonna go to JCPenney tomorrow. They didn't have them at JCPenney but they have them at Target. Um, and they have a bunch of different kinds actually they have Star Wars ones but this is the one I was specifically looking for and so I found it. Um, and I do believe they have up to two X-Wayne, um, if, if you are so inclined to have matching jammies. Uh, oh, my God. You guys would be so cute.
0: I like it. <laughs> that, that, that can be your Christmas card. <laughs> Can or will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um,
1: So you'll see that in the video I'm posting up this weekend on the channel. But you'll also see that DC um, has this, like, new line of stuff out called DC Superhero Girls. And I think we talked about it when they first announced it. Um, They have this whole section in Target. They have a couple of sections. And it's all aimed towards, like, preteen girls. Um, they have, uh, the main characters are Bat, Just like Paul. Just like me. I didn't buy any though. Um, Batgirl, Supergirl, Wonder Woman, uh, Harley Quinn, you know, like all the DC female characters, but as, um, younger, younger women. Um, and so they have dolls, they have action figures, they have, uh, books and graphic novels, they have clothes and costumes, all for like preteen, you know, probably like eight to 12, um. Girls, Uh, So if you have younger girls in your family and, you know, there's I think they're specifically speaking to the market that, um, you know, goes to these stores to look for a Wonder Woman or the Ray figures from Star Wars. And they have a hard time finding female action figures, um, especially these superhero characters. And it is a a line specifically of those characters. So I think it's a I think it's cool. Um, I hope it's a success for them. And I mean, they act, I mean, Target is whole hog in. I saw a big display not only in the toy section but also in the clothing section.
0: I think that's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at some of the figures on uh, DC Superhero So they dedicated a web <laughs> so marketing website. marketing flag,
1: just so you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now they have a marketing website just for this line of things, and the uh, the figures look pretty good. I mean. Yeah, it's not bad quality. Everything, I mean, they, they, they seem to have
1: really put an effort into it. And I, I, I you know, I don't have any uh, any kids, but I can see that as a good opportunity for those that do um, have young girls
2: in their family. Yeah, I happen to have a niece who has a birthday next weekend. See? So see? I may be going to Target this weekend to do some shopping. You were
1: already she's doing that super... because of
2: the jammies. <laughs> <laughs> she's into superheroes quite a bit, so. See? Look at no. that. This is very timely, Paul.
0: Well So have have you guys seen the uh, the advertisements for the new Wonder Woman Earth One book coming out in April? I have. They know, I pretty, haven't. That actually looks kinda hot. I'm just like, huh. I haven't been really thrilled with anything but the Batman Earth One stuff, but I, I think know. I'm gonna get Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's I I think I'm gonna give it a shot. I think I'm going to give it a shot.
1: I will, too. I mean, if they've, if this has been a long time coming, so...
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm see, I'm behind on my Earth-1 reading. I was uh, given a copy of Teen Titans Earth-1, but I haven't read it yet. And I know I'm at least one book behind on the, the uh, Superman, but I did enjoy the Superman. Ugh. Ugh.
1: Ugh. <laughs> it just gets worse. I mean, like, the
0: third book is pretty bad. That's the one I haven't read yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's terrible. Yeah. It's just terrible. However... If you want to read a good Superman book, I'm going to surprise surprise the shit out of you by saying that Action Comics number 50 knocked my socks off. Really? Uh, Oh, my God. It was so good. It was exactly the kind of Superman book I was looking for. Um, It made all of the crappy issues leading up to it across the Superman book, Action Comics – you know, all of this, the, you know, horrible hoarder and and, uh, you know, other terrible stories that, that led us here. But this book was fantastic. It is exactly the heroic Superman I was looking for. Exactly the, the kind of kind of self-sacrifice and self-awareness that, that I was looking for um, explained a whole lot. I thought Vandal Savage was brilliantly depicted in this book. The artwork was amazing. Um, I love what they did on the covers. Uh, they had a Superman versus Batman, uh, uh, variant cover, uh, three covers, three of the same cover, but colored differently on each version. So okay. when you're watching it through guided view, it's, it's like it's animated because of the way it changes. Hmm. Um, but it is, I can honestly say, I think you can read this without having read any of the other crap because they summarize a whole lot of it in the book for you. Okay. Uh you know where where we start in this book is you know Superman has lost his powers his powers have been had been stolen from him stolen I say and you know figured out what the cause is the cause is Vandal Savage Vandal Savage has concocted this plot to uh, you know steal Superman's powers uh, for various nefarious reasons. Um, he has figured out that the way he can recharge his cells is by using kryptonite, which burns away the mutated cells that Vandal Savage has been able, you know, leaving Vandal Savage the opportunity to co-opt his powers. But of course the problem is, is that he's using this kryptonite infused power, uh, which of course kills him at the same time. So even though he is now super powered up, He's hurting himself the longer he, he uses his powers and relies on this kryptonite power. It is so good. It is uh, – there is so much iconic on the page. Um, I, 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 was, I, I was cheering as I read this book, and I was sad when it was over. It was so freaking good, and it resolves the, uh, the no-powered Superman or lower-powered Superman that uh, uh, Wayne doesn't care for. All right, all right. It, it was super good. I mean, I, I, I just thumbs up in this book all the way through.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll read it. I will read yeah, it. Yeah, I
2: mean, with a glowing review like that from you, Aaron, that's enough for me to give it a shot. Oh, it was so good. It was so good.
1: Well,
0: I'll pick a, it up then, Aaron. I, I mean, the, I've been hesitant, but. It's the first time I've liked Vandal Savage in The New 52, and he is just really well depicted in this. And, you know, is a formidable opponent. I dug it. Pick it up. It's good stuff.
1: Okay. I'll do that. Well, also from DC Comics, Wayne and I read Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number four. Um, We haven't, I think, talked about this since issue one, uh, which we enjoyed. We enjoyed issue one and, and, you know, decided to stick with it. It just hasn't really come up as, you know, we didn't really have anything new to say necessarily about it. But let's check back in. It's issue four of six was released this week. And so, uh, Wayne, you had some thoughts about this book?
2: Yeah, so I have really enjoyed this series, but I thought this issue was the weakest of the the series so far. Uh, How so? so? Well, at this point, the turtles are in the Bat Cave, and uh, they're actually interacting with Batman. And the writing I thought has been really good on the series up until this issue. But they had to work in a what felt like a really ham-handed way for Raphael to get Batman's origin story. I thought that was a little too, I don't know, a little too on-the-nose, a little too obvious. Where Raphael storms off in anger, calling Bruce Wayne a spoiled rich boy, and so Bruce Wayne, well, Batman takes him to Crime Alley and explains the death of his parents and how that, you know, pushes him. You know... That that felt a little bit too much of the type of thing you normally get in these crossovers. Not a normal, organic part of the story, but a now-we-have-to-tell-our-character's-origin. You know, for me, when I was reading this book, one of the... And I enjoyed this issue, and I actually
1: thought the the uh, Raphael-Batman conversation was fine. Um, I thought it was a fine scene. But while I'm reading this issue, I thought to myself, you know, I wonder if they decided it was six issues and then wrote it or if they wrote it and it turned out to be six issues. Because this issue felt like a lot of filler to me.
2: Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the issue. But I just thought it was the weakest so far. I thought the uh, the others were stronger.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I do think this issue felt like a bit of filler um, to lead up to the big final confrontation. Um, Rachel Ghoul and Shredder have now teamed up, and they are bringing mutagen to mutate the Arkham inmates. Um, and so, I, I, I mean, I have been enjoying the series. The art by Freddie Williams is is really fun.
2: Um, I love that big splash page of Casey Jones.
1: Yeah. You know, i don't see a lot of Freddie williams art anymore he used to be on um, the robin book and uh you know i don't see a lot of his stuff lately but this is this is a fun book and i think that we said that in issue one it's it's a fun book it might read better in trade because of the fact that yeah it, there's some filler in there this probably could have been a four issue miniseries if they took out some of the repetitive fight sequences or some of these uh slower moments that don't necessarily move propel the story forward but it's certainly worth reading. Um, you know, James the IV is the writer on it, and he knows Batman. And, you know, the voice on Batman is good. The voice on Alfred is good. And, and these versions, you know, despite being – but despite a couple of references to current continuity of both books, if you watched the cartoons of either of these characters, you'd be all caught up. I mean, you know, it, it's all generic enough that – um, you know, if you had seen Batman the Animated Series or the Teenage Ninja Turtles the animated series, you've got the voices already in check, you know?
2: Yeah, because basically it's going with the core of the characters.
1: Exactly. So, fun book. Def- definitely worth reading.
2: I completely agree.
1: Now, Aaron and I recently talked about that we were going to New York at, in the first weekend of September to Star Trek Missions they have announced a couple of uh, pretty big name guests um, we are getting uh, William Shatner of course uh, you know he was the first guest announced they've also announced that I think it's Terry Farrell yeah Terry Farrell and, and Michael, Michael Dorn, Dorn will yeah. be uh, guests as well um, so that's pretty sweet
0: super excited about that
1: yeah I, I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm actually more excited about them than I about Shatner because I don't see them
0: very often right Um but well, they, they, they just don't visit anymore. You know, they used to come over, uh, hang yeah. out, play play a little poker keno. You know,
1: they don't return my phone calls. Yeah, probably because I mean,
0: poker keno, no one likes. Well, but, but you know, uh, you know, big boggle people. They love playing the boggle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but they just they just don't come by anymore. I don't understand what that's all about. Well,
1: I that, think Michael that, Dorn is probably tired of you talking to him and Klingon. on. <laughs> 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 it was twenty years ago, Aaron.
0: um so yeah i'm super excited that they're gonna be there and i'm I'm looking forward to the additional guests that 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 will be posted in the weeks to come but uh i you know right there it's it's worth the trip yeah
1: and i think some of the guests that we may see may be some of the creative team that they've recently announced for this new star trek tv series um cbs has a new untitled star trek uh, series coming out Um, Executive produced by uh, recently announced Rod Roddenberry and Trevor Roth. Um, They join uh, previously announced executive producers Alex uh, Kurtzman, Heather Caden, showrunner Brian Fuller, and creative um, consulting producer Nicholas Meyer.
0: Now, I, I, I think we've already talked about the association of Nicholas Meyer on this production. But, you know, Nicholas Meyer is the same guy who uh, uh, assisted in the writing and then directed Star Trek two and six. And you know, he's, he's an amazing talent. I love his Sherlock Holmes books. Uh, I'm a big fan of Nicholas Meyer. So I'm thrilled that he's involved in this production. Mm hmm. Uh, What were some of the other names, Paul? Alex Kurtzman?
1: Alex Kurtzman is one of the executive producers, and he's been um, one of the producers on the current Star Trek movies. Correct. Correct. Um, Showrunner Brian Fuller, if you are unfamiliar with Brian Fuller, he's been involved in in quite
0: a bit of uh, Geeky Fair. Yeah, lots of genre work in his resume. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and the the, the bigger announcement this week really was uh, Rod Roddenberry getting involved. I uh, I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that it's a good announcement. It's just an announcement.
0: Well, you know, uh, there's a part of me that just wonders if maybe they just want a Roddenberry name attached to it for branding purposes.
2: I mean, that's possible. But yeah, you know, I, mean, I entirely think that's it. They they think that that gives them legitimacy. Yeah, uh,
0: you know the, uh, and that's what I that's what I'm hoping it is. I mean, not, not that I've got like you know. Uh, you know, negative thoughts about Rod Roddenberry, but my only experience with him is the Trek documentary he's done. Um, he, uh, you know, he produces the Mission Logs podcast, which is a great podcast. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I just don't know how much Rod Roddenberry himself has to offer to Trek. So I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pretend that it's just branding and uh, move on from there.
1: But you know, I mean, with guys like and, and just for. Because there may be some people who may not recognize the name Brian Fuller, who was the uh, who also did show running for the Hannibal TV series. Right, I love that show. So I mean, with names like Brian Fuller, uh, okay. Alex Kurtzman, and Nicholas Meyer, there's there's a heavy pedigree on this series. So I, I do yeah. hope for good things.
0: I'm hoping that uh, you know, with Brian Fuller on board, that the Klingons perhaps are cannibals. You know. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I, it's not cannibalism if you're eating humans and you're a Klingon. So, exactly, exactly. You know, so, so, All I can so, hope is that they don't cast Mads Mikkelsen in any. Oh role. man, he would be the, He wouldn't be such a good Klingon, but you know he'd be a great Romulan. He would, but man, I can't understand a thing he says. Oh, I love that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> Mads is fantastic. I love that guy. No, I'm I'm excited about the new show, and I, I think you're right, Paul. I think there's going to be a lot unveiled. At uh, at uh, Star Trek New York or Star Trek Mission New York,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a a
2: panel. Maybe we'll get to see a teaser trailer or some some artwork. Anyway, yeah, I hope so. See, the only reason I'm not excited about the new show is I don't know how I'll end up watching it because from what I remember of the announcements, it's only through some streaming service that I don't have. Yeah, CBS's yeah. new streaming service. Now I will yeah. tell you if as
1: they announce more and as they announce the trailer, because when they announced it originally, I said nope. I'm not going to get another streaming service, yeah. but if it looks really good, I'm really going to be tempted on it.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, if it if you're getting a weekly TV show, I mean, an hour long drama, right? Uh, and you like it, it their streaming service is five ninety nine a month. That's cheaper than a movie ticket. Fair point. You know, okay. so, I mean, I, I don't have an objection to it as long as there's content out there. I went out there and looked at the CBS streaming service. There's not a goddamn thing out there I need right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I But they're going to have
1: Star Trek because I think isn't Star Trek coming off of Netflix or hasn't it already come off of Netflix?
0: It has not come off yet. But once it does, that's that. My guess is that'll be the only place you can stream
2: any of the Star yeah, I right. like, Can I stream it to my PlayStation 4 if they don't have an app? then I'm not subscribing to it. I am certain there will be an app for it once uh, Star Trek it oh, gets yeah. re-
0: That would launched. be stupid of them not to. Because I really think they they really have – I think all they're doing is building their infrastructure right now. And that and Yeah, they've got a service out there, and if you want to pay for it, great. Um, but the, the idea is that they'll do a hard launch when they've actually got a flagship show to go. Yeah. That's my guess. Well, but. I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. And, you know, I, it's Star Trek. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a whore. I will pay that five ninety nine. Well, talk to me about the Star Trek comic that you picked up this week. You know, uh, the Star Trek comic that IDW does, which is set in the Star Trek 2009 universe, um, you know, the, the Chris Pine, yes. uh, Zachary Quinto, um, they've – Their comics have been really good. I don't – I usually pick them up on sale on Comixology. Uh, That's how I I get caught up on those because, you know, just no time to read them. But uh, this week they came out with a story featuring the Spock from the original universe. And, you know, it's – you know, what happened to Spock after the end of of, uh, the recent movie? You know, because remember we see Spock for just a very brief moment of time in the – yeah, Into Darkness film. So mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of telling that story. It's called The Legacy of Spock, and it's about Spock helping the Vulcans find a new homeworld. Because if you'll recall, in Star Trek 2009, the Vulcan homeworld was destroyed by uh, the Romulan Nero using the the Dread Red Matter. Um, anyway, you know, it, it's kind of a heartbreak in this story because you know, in his own world. Uh, Vulcan didn't want him until much later in his life, you know, because of his his half-breed origins. And uh, in this world, Vulcan doesn't want him because, you know, he brought the Romulan Nero to their universe to destroy their planet. So he is an exile, you know, he, he had been an exile in the original series – and he is an exile once again in this series. It's just an interesting book. The artwork's great, writing's great. Um, you know, I, I'm a little nostalgic for for Spock because you know Leonard Nimoy died last year. So uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's great, and and I'm, I'm excited about where it's going. And I'll be picking up the next issue.
1: Oh, huh, okay. I might pick it up when the you know like when there's a sale because I, I just looked it up and I didn't realize it was about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's being called the legacy of Spock. I do wonder, you know, it, it sounds like a kind of a um, a
0: tribute to Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, it way. does. It very much feels like a tribute. And, I, and, and as such, I very much enjoyed it. Well, let's talk about another
1: CBS science fiction series um, around, you know, from the 60s, Lost in Space. We're going old school. Old school. <laughs> um, so talk to me. You you picked up another book, um, Lost in Space or Erwin Allen's Lost in
0: Space: The Lost Adventures. Yes. Uh, so so why? I, I'm going to confess that I actually like Lost in Space rather a lot. Irwin,
1: there is nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of people who do.
0: Um, I, I like Erwin Allen. His disaster movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of. But I loved his his uh, television science fiction shows. Um, I, I just I, – I, there's something about them that, that, that just you know tickles something in me. And I think one of the things that, that I enjoyed the most about Lost in Space is the robot. I just always enjoyed episodes with the robot. Um, I particularly love the original black and white episodes because it, it felt like once they went to color – that it was all about, look how brilliant the color is, you know, versus when it was shot in black and white, it was kind of creepy, you know, <laughs> it was very stark and they, they played with the lighting a lot. And it, there was just, there was just kind of this creepy element to them, you know, just rolling across the planet in the, in the, in the, uh, in, in the big space wagon, you know, uh, you know, out there in the RV. And I just, I always enjoyed that. but So it came out as Lost in Space comic, and what I found intriguing about it is that it's based on lost, unproduced scripts by one of the series' writers, uh, Cary Wilbur. And Star Trek fans will remember Cary Wilbur because he wrote Space Seed, the episode in which Khan appears in the original series. Um it's a great book. The artwork's fantastic. I love the way the tech, you know, this is always big for me in science fiction stories. I gotta love the way the technology is is drawn, and the robot looks brilliant. The uh, chariot, you know, their their big space RV that they drive around in looks fantastic. The Jupiter Two looks fantastic. Uh, I am less impressed with some of the character work. Uh, sometimes. Uh, 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 john and i forget the other guy's uh name uh look a little too similar on the page um but other than that i just i really enjoyed the story i enjoyed the artwork and you know it, it really did scratch that itch and uh it, you know i it's something that i'm going to come back to i'm you know and it's 99 cents on Comicsology for the first issue and it's a full-size comic i was about to ask 99 a full-size comic It's a full size comic, and I mean, I I tell you, if you like Lost in Space just a little bit, that ninety nine cents makes it worth it. Hmm. You know, I was
1: never really a fan of Lost in Space. Um, You know, I've I've, I've seen, I've seen multiple episodes.
2: I just, uh, just didn't. For me, it didn't scratch that itch. But I uh, I have some nostalgia for it, but I don't really remember it too well. So I don't know that I would have the same nostalgia if I went back and watched it again. I confess that I even like the movie.
0: The the one with Gary Oldman, yeah, Gary Oldman and uh, you know Joey from Friends. <laughs> yeah. I, I can confess, I do not. But you know, I, I the thing that drives me crazy about that is that they they brought the creature from uh, from the original series, which in the original series was called Bloop, but in the movie they had to make an improvement, and I throw improvement up in air quotes, and called him Blarp. And I, that 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 went all over me. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why is Blart more acceptable than Bloop? <laughs> yeah, they called him Bloop because he went Bloop. <laughs> did, he, did
1: he go? Did, I, I don't recall. Hit the character in the, the yeah, movie. Did, he went, Did he go Blart?
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: but why is that? Why is that better than Bloop?
1: <laughs> I, I will. Not, I will say I have not seen the Lost in Space movie in quite a while. Um, I,
0: I, I would say I'd say i rather enjoy it. I, I think they missed the opportunity when you're going to make an adult Will Robinson, why you wouldn't use the actual actor who played Will Robinson. Bill Mooney? Uh, yeah. Why you wouldn't have used him in the movie is beyond me. Why you use the homeless-looking guy instead uh, is beyond me. Well,
1: Bill Mooney was busy doing a uh, – Bill Mooney
2: wasn't busy doing dick.
1: He was doing uh, fucking Battle uh, on are you gonna, 5.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. He was a child actor. He was busy doing coke. <laughs> he I'm just saying he had some time. <laughs>
0: well, and, you know Bill Mooney was sitting there staring at his phone. They're going to call me. They're making a lost in space movie. There's an adult know. Will Robinson in it. They're going to call me. And he just sat there and looked at it and looked at it and looked at it. Oh. And you know, it's one of those things that he's like if I could put him in the cornfield, I'd put those motherfuckers in the cornfield. <laughs> uh, that's what happened. That, that's exactly what it would happen. Or he would have, you know, kicked out his uh, his uh, ranger staff and gone all you know ranger on him.
1: Aren't they still talking about? Aren't they talking about another Lost in Space reboot and uh, through that same CBS app or through Netflix or something?
0: If they are, I have not heard about it.
1: I believe I heard something about another Lost in Space uh, reboot coming. I could be
0: wrong. You know, I the only way you could do it is to completely change it up. Oh yeah. You know, you would have to. I mean there's so much in the in the the concept of that show that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um but you you could do a Space Family Robinson and but you'd have to update it for uh for, for 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 this era. I mean, you'd have to turn it into a CW show, right? Yeah. Um you know, it would have to be you you you'd have at least one of the characters is gay, which I don't think would be Dr. Smith because that would be a little on the nose.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, it, Netflix is, in fact, working on a, uh, a reboot of, uh, of Lost in Space. I, I, I would totally be down for that. I mean, and no, done, right? Real, I think it could be good. No real uh, announcements have been made, but uh, that's uh, what Variety has reported. So I'd love to see it. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, you know what else I'd love to see, Aaron? What
2: would you love to see?
1: Captain America Civil War.
2: Bah. Bah, bah. I geeked out so hard about the new trailer. Did you really? Set, so I had leaks to out and got people, you know, watching it.
1: So the new Captain America Civil War trailer came out this week featuring uh, a better look at the story and the ideology clash that happens between Captain America and uh, Iron Man. But really, the main point of this new trailer is to show Spider-Man. And I don't know about you guys, but as soon as Spider-Man showed up, I'm like this feels like a fan-made trailer to me. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Why Where is Spider-Man here? Coming? Like, yeah, what movie did you know, they edit Pred- that in from?
2: <laughs> okay, I do have to admit I had that same thought the first time I saw it. I'm like, is this real? It just,
1: it, and, and not be, and not only that, but it's because the Spider-Man sequence, and I know I'm going to get some flack for this, the Spider-Man looked a little like the special effects seemed a little shoddy to me in that one shot of Spider-Man. And I'm like, Hmm, this feels like a fan made trailer. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's, it's an, it's an awesome trailer. I just, that Spider-Man moment, I, it was just so out of left field for me. Um, I, I it loved didn't have it. the same impact that, uh, that I think it did for other people.
2: Yeah. it that made the whole trailer for me. I loved seeing him there. I love the costume. Oh. There's, uh, there is a high-res picture out there of the costume where you can actually, you know, zoom in and get some of the details on it. Uh, I think the costume looks great. It was weird seeing – I think part of what was weird about it in that scene was that his costume is so different than all of the Avengers costumes where it's like they have military tactical costumes and he has spandex. But I loved that – I just love the entrance like that. It was a
0: sharp looking trailer.
2: I, I thought you know I watched it uh, a few minutes before we started recording.
0: Uh, it's a good looking trailer. I you know I'm, I, but you know, it's hard for me because I'm kind of automatically excited about uh, you know Marvel movies. So it's hard to get more excited because I feel like I'm just constantly tuned to ten.
2: Right. So you know the other <laughs> yeah. moment I you know the other moment I geeked out about in the trailer. Ant Man riding Hawkeye's arrow. Yeah. Well, and didn't I see a giant man hand? Yeah, because your man is supposed to be in in the
0: movie, too. Yeah. So. Movie looks
2: cool. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm really looking forward to it. Tickets are already on sale. Um, And, uh, you know, they they have a marathon that I'm not going to. (laughs) Um, But they they are showing uh, Captain America, Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and then this new movie. Um, So I will not be attending that one.
2: No, I will watch my you know blu-ray copy of winter soldier before i go see it though like sometime in the week before
1: yeah yeah and I'm, I'm actually a little disappointed that dc didn't do a double feature with i say dc warner brothers did not do a double feature with man of steel and superman versus bat or batman versus Superman because i would have done that oh yeah just a double feature
0: yeah um, so i'll just have to do one of my own Yeah, uh, I am not going to get to see Dawn of Justice until, like, the Tuesday after it comes out. What? Yeah, I'm traveling that week. So, you know, it comes out during Easter week, and uh, I'm going to be out of town doing other stuff. So it's going to be that following Tuesday, the Tuesday after Easter, that I get to see it. Go Sunday morning. I can't. I got things going on. You know, Jesus, he's coming back. I got zombie Jesus I got to go see.
1: Okay. Okay. Jesus was dead for three days. Superman was dead for a year and a half.
0: Yeah. And a heathen yeah.
1: cast. Um, <laughs> so going back to Captain America, Wayne read a new Avengers book this week, Avengers Standoff Assault
2: on Pleasant Hill. Yeah, this is their big crossover that leads into Civil War. And I, uh, I reviewed the standoff uh, Welcome to Pleasant Hills before. They kind of gave the basic setup that this is a prison, but it's a prison using cosmic cubes to reform all the villains and make it a happy smiley town. So assault on Pleasant Hill is the uh, kind of the follow up to that where Winter Soldier has been hunting down you know all of the details of this. On the other side of it hunting it down, we find out that the super hacker, Known as The Whisper, that I don't know if any of you have uh, read because it was in books we weren't reading, is Rick Jones. And he's leading Rick Falcon. James? No, I'm Rick Jones. Don't, bitch. <laughs> he is leading Falcon Cap to the, uh, the secrets of Pleasant Hills, while uh, Bucky, you know, Winter Soldier, has finally brought in Steve Rogers to let him know the details of this. Because as far as the world was concerned, the project and that cosmic cube that Maria Hill had, she had destroyed. And now Cap knows, both Caps know, that that wasn't the case. So it's kind of a, all of these different storylines are converging into the one of everybody is finding out that there is this, you know, super prison that is actually a happy, smiley town created by cosmic cubes. The big thing that I think is going to lead into Civil War is that the Cosmic Cubes are the little girl, the creepy little girl that's hanging around Pleasant Hills that I think will lead into Civil War. The, uh, the girl that sees the future that they've said will be part of Civil War is actually the Cosmic Cube putting itself in a human form and gaining full sentience. So, so is it good? I actually enjoyed this. Uh, the, this is really kind of, like I said, the big lead-up, bringing all the characters there, making them realize what the city is. And then the villains that had taken, started gathering in uh, Welcome to Pleasant Hill, they actually make their move in this one. And the Avengers have to be called in. And So that'll be the next big crossover you know, event, is all the Avengers teams coming in to try to deal with this situation because the villains are trying to gain control of a city created by a cosmic cube. And this is my first real introduction to old man cap. And I found, I enjoyed him. I was enjoying the, uh, seeing Rick Jones again, cause I haven't seen him since he was a bomb. And they do make reference to that and how he became a hacker. But this is, I said, it's a lot of intrigue. It's a lot of captain America and it's leading into kind of the big crossover. And it made me, kind of excited about Avengers stuff again. Hmm. So, yeah, I I thought it was very good. I thought it also could be a standalone, but it might be a little confusing about what was going on if you hadn't read Welcome to Pleasant Hill. But you get more details in this one than you do Welcome. I'm, so, I am probably going to buy a bunch of Avengers titles at this point just because, like I, I I am enjoying the setup of this.
1: Yeah, well, not me, Wayne.
2: You are not <laughs> fooling me. I am staying out of crossovers.
1: <laughs> I will pick up Civil War. Do not try to fool
2: me. What you should pick up is Vision.
1: Hmm. This book is so good.
2: Hmm. I think right (laughs) now Vision is my favorite thing that Marvel is printing. You
1: know what's going to happen? I'm going to pick it up, and it's going to go into
2: a goddamn crossover.
1: You're not fooling me. (laughs) (laughs) This would be a hard
2: book to put into a crossover. Yeah. Because it doesn't have the feel of any other Marvel book. And while Vision is out there on the Avengers teams, this is his home life. There's no super in here, except when it's in the background and he's on the phone with his robot wife. Yeah, the
0: this book. You know, we we started talking about this book back on issue one before I, I, any of us had read it, uh, because the reviews of it were so interesting. You know, it talked about what a creepy, unusual feel the book has, and it continues to, to have that. Um, you know, things are just kind of spiraling out of control in this home life that the vision. Has tried to create, and it, it you, you you can just kind of see the handwriting on the wall, and it's you know how we're going to get to this horrible dark end that I'm certain awaits us. Um, in this book, you know, a a, a uh, boy at the high school has been killed, uh, homicide, and you know, the detectives show up at vision's house and take him downtown for questioning. And the whole time he's being questioned, you know, he's thinking, you know, I've saved the world 37 times and that doesn't seem to count for anything. You know, they're, they're treating me like a second class citizen, despite the fact that if I hadn't gotten back up on any of those 37 days after I'd been knocked down, the world wouldn't be here any longer. And I I thought it was such an affecting story. Um, And I just I just want his wife to be okay. I I feel so bad for his wife. I just want her to be okay. I have it's hysterical because I have his family is so screwed up and he doesn't see it right. Yeah, he's he's got he's got two kids that he built and a wife that he built and they're all
2: screwed up at some level or another. And his wife is just losing her mind. And I mean, she has at this point killed. She's psychotic. And by losing her mind, she's also seems to be glitching. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't fix, fix, fix this, <laughs> you know, and she just, I, she's so pathetic, you know, she's so tragic. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've grown to really care about these characters and, you you know, it, it is very much the nuclear family of the fifties that the vision is trying to build, but that world doesn't exist. So he's trying to build an ideal in a world that doesn't even support that ideal any longer. And it is it is just tragic to watch all of this fall apart. I am fascinated by this book. Yeah.
2: And I like that it's showing he really cares about his family. Yeah. Like he he breaks down and he lies to police to protect his wife. And he he's finally coming to that realization that something has something isn't right with her. It's yeah. the first time that he seems to acknowledge that. And from the last issue, she was there when this kid was killed. Yeah,
0: yeah. No the the, the stories the story is so good, and you know there's a, there's a whole. Uh, Soliloquy from Shakespeare's *The Merchant of Venice*. You know the whole the whole uh, speech where you know if you if you prick me do I not bleed? You know and t- kind of talking about you know if you if you wrong us do we not revenge? Um, and it's the way that washes over their son who's sitting in the English class listening to that. I mean it is
2: as I said before it's an affecting book. Yeah, the uh, son is probably the most normal of the batch. Yeah. And I love his moment of asking his mother, if you prick me, do I bleed? Right. Yeah. I just, This book is so good. I I, I I can't get over how good this book is. Yeah, so actually, I, I is highly
0: recommend it. It is my favorite thing the Marvel is printing right now. Yeah. Unlike the other thing Marvel is printing right now, the Infinity Entity which sucks ass.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jim Starlin has been on the show and we, we We
1: we love Jim Starlin. We do. We love Jim Starlin. Great guy. Um, but quite frankly, his Thanos graphic novels and now the infinity entity, which is kind of an in-between story. He's not drawing it. Alan Davis is, um, as he works on, I believe the, the final chapter in his infinity trilogy Mm -hmm. of, uh, hardcover graphic novels. Um, this story features uh, just a focus on the Adam Warlock character from those graphic novels. Not the original Adam Warlock, but an Adam Warlock from an alternate reality who has been reborn in our reality. Or I should say not our reality, the 616 reality. Uh, Jim Starlin on uh, doing the writing. Alan Davis doing the penciling on this book. So good pedigree, but the story just no bueno. Yeah. Ooh, so, bad.
0: so So bad. So bad. Yeah, it, I, I, it was hard to get through. I was like, "Huh, this is unfortunate." Because I do, I love me some Adam Warlock. I love me some Jim Starlin. Mm-hmm. Um, I even, you know, I was tickled. I always love seeing Iron Man in his original gold suit. Yeah, yeah, you know, I always get tickled by that with the antenna on the shoulder. <laughs> um, but uh, even that couldn't save this book. Yeah, um, I, I, it I, was. It, It was super bad. It was, and I I wish Jim Star.
1: You know, one of the things that, you know, for a while was endearing in in Starlin's writing, but now is is actually probably the main issue that hurt this book is uh, show don't tell. Right. Because he just, I mean, every every panel of this book is filled with text about what you're looking at instead of just letting it happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to punch you. I mean that type of stuff, yeah. um, and it's just unnecessary. The art, I'm fine with the art, um, but it just—I uh, think my issue is more reliant within the the writing of the book. So I will not be picking up the rest of the series.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I was I was looking forward to it, but whoo, whoo, it's a stinker. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. you know what I am looking forward to though. What are you looking forward to, Paul? Well, two things. Uh, Mike Colfer, the actor who played Luke Cage in the Jessica Jones TV series, has announced that the Luke Cage TV series from Netflix is on September 30th, releases September 30th. Um, But before that, next Friday, March 18th, you can watch
0: Daredevil Season 2. I got to hurry up and finish House of Cards. Because uh, I've, I've been burning through that, so i gotta, I got to finish House of Cards before then.
1: Well, and they, I think that's earlier than originally announced, because I believe Daredevil was originally going to be um, released the yeah. same day as Batman vs. Superman.
0: That's what they had been talking about.
1: But uh, I guess uh, to avoid that competition, they have now uh, decided to release it
0: on uh, March 18th. Yeah, I, I, I'm super excited for the fresh season of Daredevil. That looks so good. It does. Uh, the yeah. trailers
1: that they've released, uh, really effective stuff, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And the first season was fantastic. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. And so you, Aaron, are probably... I, Paul. I, Paul. About to ask me, Paul... What is coming out next week in comic stores? Aren't you? Don't, you don't know that. That's why gonna...
2: you, Paul, are stalling so you can get the page open so you what? can see what's coming. <laughs> that is
1: ridiculous. That is a ridiculous accusation that I take offense to. Because lies, lies, <laughs> filthy lies. Because next week in comic stores from DC Comics, if you are reading Batman in trade, Scott Snyder's Batman, the first. Part of Super Heavy, the Commissioner Gordon Batman story, comes out uh, in hardcover. I will say, as someone who has been following the story from the beginning, I actually quite enjoy that storyline. And I feel like the second half, which is not the one being released, uh, is actually better than the first half. Uh, But, if you uh, again, if you are reading it in trade, it comes out next week. Also from DC Comics, we get Superman number 50, the continuation of the story arc that Aaron said was so excellent in this week's Action Comics. You'll also be getting Superman Wonder Woman number 27, continuing that same storyline. I think Superman number 50 is the actual conclusion. Uh, and also from DC Comics, Superman American Alien number 5. We talked a bit about this series, I think it was two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just a fantastic series uh, that we we are loving. So, uh, you know, next uh, the next issue, uh, same uh, writer, Max Brooks, but uh, art by Francis Manupol. as we watch Superman. Uh, kind of on his way to becoming Superman. Clark Kent on his way to becoming Superman. Very exciting. Uh, From Marvel Comics, which is interesting, I guess Infinity Entity is a a weekly series because Infinity Entity number two is already coming out next week. Um, And uh, Aaron and I will not be picking that up. That is correct. Uh, Also from Marvel Comics, uh, Kanan number 12 comes out, the final uh, issue of that series. Let's see if it finishes strong. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, number two. Iron well. Man
0: and Iron First.
1: Uh, never gets old. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, all that and I believe a new Iron Man book from Brian Michael Bendis, International Iron Man Number 1, uh, written by Bendis, uh, art by Alex Maleev. If you're a fan of that creative team, they've worked together on Scarlet and Moon Knight and um, a couple of other books as well. Alias. Alias. Uh, we'll yeah. be working on International Iron Man starting next week. The uh, I don't
2: know how I feel about that because I really like Invincible Iron Man, but I don't need a second title. I would agree. No, no. Brian Michael Bendis disagrees. <laughs> you need a second title.
1: Bendis, Bendis says buy it. Yeah. That's, he just needs a shirt that says that. Bendis says buy it. Like Frankie <laughs> says relax. That's right. All that and more next week on Funny Books. Have a good week. Take care, guys.
0: Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.